If you're a fan of the Recruiting Future podcast, then you will absolutely love our newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast. Not only does it give you the inside track on what's coming up on the show, you can also find everything from book recommendations to insightful episodes from the archives and first access to new content that helps you to understand where our industry is heading. Sign up now and also get instant access to the recording of my recent webinar on the future of talent acquisition. Just go to recruitingfuturefeast.com slash webinar. That's recruitingfuturefeast.com slash webinar. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 535 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Hiring has changed. Over the last three years, candidate expectations have evolved dramatically and many hiring teams are not keeping pace with this disruptive rate of change. So what can employers do to ensure they properly engage with the talent they need and how can technology support this process? My guest this week is Gavin Spears, CEO of Solutions Driven. Solutions Driven have done a huge amount of research to ensure they have the right strategies to help their clients thrive in the current hiring market. In our conversation, Gavin discusses their hiring enablement methodology and shares valuable advice to help TA leaders with their recruitment agency relationships. Hi, Gavin, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, no issue at all. So Gavin Spears, CEO of a business solutions driven. We've been delivering global talent solutions for the last 20 years or so, primarily supporting clients in the in the STEM sectors. And we do two things. We, we fill business critical roles for clients and we also embed our team for, for specific TA projects. Fantastic stuff. Now, talk us through what you're seeing in the market at the moment, because you're kind of working in STEM and technology and all these all these kind of things. What's going on with the, the clients that you're working with? Yeah, it's a very good question. I mean, I think if I go back the way to, to come forward, I mean, I think there, there's no doubt we've seen a lot of changes in the last three or, or four years. Um, you know, even, even before COVID, we could see, you know, candidate expectation, hiring manager expectations changing, but that's certainly, you know, pushed forward since, since COVID. I think we've then seen, you know, periods of um, candidate-driven markets to then more, you know, client-driven markets. But I think the core of it is, um, for me, I, I think a lot of hiring teams don't realise how much hiring has changed, you know, over that period. And, and as a result, I think that's where some disconnects can then happen around, you know, hiring expectations, candidate expectations. So I think the summary for me, Matt, would be, you know, a, a lot of changes just around expectations um, and, you know, making sure that both hiring teams and candidates are aligned, you know, in, in what they're looking for. Let's dig into that a little bit further, because I think you've got some fascinating insights around this. Let's talk about candidate behaviour to start with. How are you seeing that changing? Um, what kind of new cycles are we seeing? What do people need to be aware of? Yep, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I think even when there's the, the perceived downturn, um, yes, that means there are more candidates on the market. 
but also there's candidates who are still in roles that still want to make sure if they're making a, a change, it's the right change. And even candidates who are actively looking equally want to make sure that the next move is, is the right move. So we've done a lot of research over the last six, nine months, really looking at candidate behaviours, you know, looking at our team and saying, what level of engagement are we getting? You know, what types of questions are candidates asking? And we've, we've kind of categorised it into three phases of, of candidate engagement. So the first piece for us is really around how do we get candidate curiosity? So from, a, from our outreach, from what we're saying, from where we're saying it, from who we're saying it to, you know, what are the things that we need to talk about to get the candidate curious? And that's usually, you know, giving them enough information on the client, on the role, but also translating that in a way where it resonates with what's important to the candidates. And I'll talk about that in, in a moment. We then move to what we call phase two, which is candidate comfort. So getting the candidate more comfortable and willing to talk to, you know, us as recruiters about the role, but only also about, you know, what's missing in their current role or what they're looking for next. And then the last piece for us is getting true candidate commitment. And I think that then means where the candidate is engaged and willing to, to move forward in the, in the process. I think the challenge is too many recruiters sometimes think they have that candidate commitment when in actual fact the candidate thinks they're still only curious and, and wants to, you know, want to know more. And that's where we're spending a lot of time, not only as internally as a team, but with our clients to really make sure that also the hiring teams are aware of that. So, you know, when we're interviewing on the hiring side or on the client side, are they also making sure that they're getting the candidate, you know, really engaged in the process? We talk about six factors relating to, to candidate engagement maps. So we talk about um, fit, freedom, fulfillment, family, fortune, and future. And really the reason we use that is, again, looking at research, candidates typically move for two or three of those factors. We have a concern if a candidate is only thinking about one of those factors, i.e. fortune or, you know, i.e. fit, because sometimes that then means they're not a long-term, you know, fit and hire for the, you know, for the client. So I think really in summary, getting that curiosity to comfort to commitment, but also translating that in a way that makes sense to what's important to the candidate. And I'd imagine the, 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 the challenge with hiring managers is with so much talk of downturns and redundancy and all that kind of stuff. Is there an expectation that, that candidates are desperate for work and easy to come by? I don't, I don't know even if it's an expectation. I think some hiring managers just fall into the trap of thinking if a candidate is an interview, that then means they're really interested in the role. And, you know, I think that interview, as you know, you know, is, is very much two ways. So I think it's just the, the um, you know, making hiring teams really realise what's going out there, going on out there. And as a result, making sure that they play their part, you know, in that in that process as well. Talk us through the the sort of the hiring challenges that, that you're seeing, because I know you've done some research around this in terms of what's going on and, and what employers need to be aware of yeah i mean so we we again we, we like to we like to research what's important to our customers because our view is if, if we are talking about things that's not important to customers then we're talking about the wrong things and again we've spent a good bit of time really digging into why do customers use external recruiters first of all why do they then consider solutions driven and also what are the you know what's the factors that they consider when when making a, an external recruiter choice i think then we got a lot of information from that we started to look at the micro level it was the things you would expect it was you know um, capacity or access to technology or access to markets or you know, improving, you know, diverse hires, etc. But when you actually take it to a macro level, we looked at three hiring problems as, as part of this. And, and we talked about the first one being hiring insanity. Now, you know, some of our clients and prospects laugh at that, but then also look and think, 
Yeah, I, I get it. And really in our mind, hiring insanity is quite simply hiring teams, whether it be hiring managers or TA teams, who are doing the same things that they were doing two, three years ago and hoping and praying for different results. And, and really going through the same cycles, you know, asking the same questions, getting the same hiring manager commitment, you know, doing the same things from a candidate engagement point of view, not getting the, the level of uh, engagement that they would expect. And, and, and scratching their heads as to what's going wrong. And I think, you know, we're not trying to be smart here because at the end of the day, you know, we, we also have challenges like that, you know, with, with different clients from our side. But it's about just taking a step back and saying, you know, we are actually experiencing hiring insanity, you know, and we need to do, if, if nothing changes, nothing changes, right? So we need to do something different in this process to get the results that we we hope for. I think the, the second one we talked about is um, hiring execution, and, and quite simply, that is, um, are we confident we have a model, whether it is the partners we're using or the internal team that we have, that can deliver the talent we need when we need it? And again, across the people that we, we spoke to, and it was a significant amount of people, that is a challenge. You know, that is an ongoing challenge where, you know, getting the talent that you're looking for when you're looking for it is hard. And also then that results in many internal teams and external recruiters becoming that reactive resource rather than that proactive, how do we get ahead of the curve? So we've really tried to, to build a model, which I'll talk about later, that really supports that proactive execution. And then the last one is hiring inequality. Now, interesting interesting name uh, for, for it. And I guess we can see over the last three, four years, the, the importance of diverse hiring has increased, and rightly so. And, you know, we've, we've hired um, a lot of diverse roles for, for clients, and we see a lot of clients saying this is really, really critical, which is great. I think the issue then they face is how do they find the diverse talent they're looking for? How do they embed that into the process? How do they ensure there's no unconscious bias that creeps in? And, and really, that's where we try and support through the process that we've built you know, to, to, to enable uh, hiring teams in, in that area. So those three, hiring insanity, hiring execution and hiring inequality, we think that covers the majority of challenges that, that you know, hiring teams are, are having at present. No, absolutely. I, I think that that makes perfect sense and, and, and really kind of resonates with what lots of other people have, have said on the, on, the, on the podcast this year. Just picking up on that thing about hiring insanity, doing the same thing, not changing to reflect the market and, and the way things have shifted. Do you think that that is something that lots of recruitment agencies suffer from as well. Are we seeing evolution in the agency market to deal with the, the very dynamic time that we're living through? I don't want to speak bad of any of any competitors. It's not my style, but I do think that I do think the external recruitment agency sector does suffer from that. There's no doubt. You know, I mean, I think that there's a lot of technology out there. There's a lot of recruitment agencies buying a lot of technology. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, you know, are they using that to change the process that they are they're using? And that, and I, I'm not sure, you know. And, and if I if I give you an example, I mean, one of the things we do anytime we take a, an assignment on from a client is spend more time talking about what they've done so far to ensure that we just don't do the same. Because if if we just continue to do what they're doing, there's a much less chance of us being being successful and also a much higher chance of frustrating the client because they say, you know, guys, you're just doing what we do. So I think I think sometimes external agencies do fall into that trap of um, using technology, you know, making themselves look slicker from an external perspective, but actually in the day-to-day, -day, what are they doing to change that process to make the outcome better? 
So you mentioned the challenges there. How can people meet these challenges? You know, what are you doing as a company to deal with some very big issues that that, that we have in in hiring and talent acquisition at the moment? So maybe if I if I take, give you a kind of snapshot of what's been going on uh, internally at Solutions Driven over the last three four years. So we we um we recognised four years ago that we could become that kind of jack of all trades, master of none, i.e., you know, we, we do everything for clients. And we, we we had no way of really defining, you know, how we do things. So we, we created our own internal methodology that we just called RPI, Recruitment Process Intelligence, because for us, we believe the best hiring results come through the right recruitment process, but also then providing that intelligence to both candidates and, and clients. And we've used that and we've utilised that and we've honed that over the, over the last three, four years. I think, um, you know, similar to a few, um, so about 14 months ago, I, I do I do some crazy things of buying lots of domain names and, and hoping one of the ideas work. But about 14 months ago, um, we bought quite a few domain names around hiring enablement. And my logic at the time, Matt, was we as a business have our own internal sales enablement team and, and we could see how impactful, you know, having that enablement focus, making people, making the team more collaborative, making them more um, sharing best practice, making sure that processes were used and repeated, you know, where applicable. And I think, you know, we've seen a lot of talk over the last six months around recruiter enablement, which I totally agree with. I think it's a, it's a great way forward because I do think there's parallels between sales enablement, recruiter enablement, etc. However, for me, you know, I think there's a level above, which is hiring enablement that really looks at the end-to-end process and, and really makes sure that what we're delivering Yes, first of all, delivers results because that's what the client wants, but also leaves hiring teams in a better place in terms of their education and candidate engagement, in terms of making sure that they realise what's going on in the external market, making sure that they you know, position themselves correctly, make, making sure that they can ask the right questions and the most relevant questions at interviews, etc. So we really, <clears throat> we recognise as an external recruiting, rec- recruiting partner that we are measured on our results, but what we're trying to do in parallel is really, you know, empower and enable our, our hiring teams to be more effective at hiring and at the same time. Lots of people who are listening engage with a variety of third-party agencies to do various aspects of, of hiring for them. As we said, things have shifted. We need new solutions, new ways, of, new ways of thinking. What would your advice be to heads of TA listening in terms of how they can use an external supplier, but also the kind of questions that they should be asking their suppliers? It's a really good point. I mean, I'm really passionate about this. I mean, we internally, and I'll answer that question absolutely, but internally, we don't talk about KPIs. We talk about customer impacts because I think that too many external recruiters think about how many people did I speak to today, how many people can I speak in, etc. And they have no relevance to the end customer or, or the head of TA. So from our perspective, we, we focus a lot on true customer impacts and looking at, you know, right first time hiring. Did did the did the candidate come from the first shortlist? Was the offer accepted? You know, what's the quality of the candidate? What's the quality then of, you know, the performance in, you know, in, in role, etc. So really things that make an impact to the to the TA team. I think the advice I would give is um, make sure that your partners are thinking about what's important to you. You know, make sure that they are you know adding value to your process rather than adding value to to their own process. And also make sure that you're picking partners that can represent your brand and articulate your brand in a market that is more challenging than it was two three years ago. And and making sure that um, they 
they understand journeys like the curiosity, the comfort, the committed, etc., and they know you know what's what's important in that in that regard. You've mentioned technology a few times and the importance of really understanding how it can fit in your process and and, and really kind of help address the um, the markets that we find ourselves in. Where do you think technology is taking? recruiting what what are you seeing in terms of the, the capabilities that we have what what's it enabling for agencies and employers so i mean i think obviously the one the, the whole one of the last six months is what everyone's talking about around chat gpt um i mean i think we we are using it internally um and and my message to the team is i don't think ai will ever replace recruitment but i think a recruiter using AI will. And and really it's about mapping out and optimizing where is the best use. I mean, I think one of my concerns is that, you know, the application of it already is starting to make reach out messages feel very samey. And, you know, as a result, it's actually, whilst it, be, whilst it may save you time, it's also making you look more like, you know, every other recruiter out there. So I think going back to your point around where to use technology, I, th- I think it's where it can be it can make a process more efficient, but it also doesn't reduce the personalization because we can see the best engagement we have with hiring managers and also with candidates is when there is that level of personalization and there is that level of understanding of the specific problem that they have. Whereas if we generalize that and just talk about, you know, these are the typical problems that we see, it just becomes not as personalized. And, and it's and I think that's where it's going to have a, a negative impact. But there's no doubt. I mean, again, going back to the, the sales enablement, recruiter enablement, we, we've heavily invested in technology to support that process. So for example, we use a, a tool called Gong that records our calls, but also gives us insights into, you know, are we asking the right questions? Are we talking too much? Do we listen to the candidate enough? Do we listen to the hiring manager enough, et cetera? So I think there is no doubt I am a big advocate of technology, but I am also concerned at the speed it's moving. And I think people who are not using it effectively could actually make themselves look even worse than they if they didn't use it at all. No, I completely agree with that. And I think it's such a such a great point about if everyone is using the same tool in the same way to automate their, their outreach and their communication how do you stand out? I think that's a, a massive issue that people need to to look at, definitely. Final question, where's all this going? What do you think recruiting will look like in three years, four years, five years time? I have to say I don't know, right? Because if I said I didn't know, I would be, I would be lying. I mean, I think what I, what I am very aware of is it's moving quicker than we realise. Um, because this time last year, I don't think anyone expected a tool to be you know, writing your job specs, writing your outreach messages, etc. Where do I think it's going? Um, so I think from from me, the reason we're really keen on hiring enablement is it's a strategy, not an end goal, and it will continue to evolve. And I say to the team internally, the things we're doing just now are not going to be the things that we're doing in, in two years' time. So I think recruiters need to be, you know, and I don't want to say the kind of cliche words, but really agile, you know, and willing to change. I think from a TA point of view, um, again, no doubt TA teams are becoming you know, more intelligent from the technology they're using, the processes they're using, etc. But I think they need to almost leverage external support in areas that make sense, either through, you know, the the, the knowledge or or the skills or the or the technology. I, I do think that um I, I do I do have a feeling that given the amount of change that's happened in the TA world over the last nine, twelve months, I'm I'm not sure businesses Businesses' first priorities are going to be, you know, let's scale a TA team again, you know, when things get back to normal. So I do think that kind of 
um, agile TA environment is, is also going to be important going forward. Gavin, thank you very much for talking to me. No worries. Thank you for your time, Matt. My thanks to Gavin. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.